That's the legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Off the Ball Daily. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing okay around the country and the battle for the Liam McCarthy Cup in the J Hurling Championship starts today. Three games in the Leinster round robin. We'll look ahead to the Hurling Summer on the Saturday panel with James O'Connor, Brian Hogan and Michael Verney at about half one. Also another packed weekend in the provinces in Gaelic football. Colin Boyle will get us up to speed at about 2.35. Football Saturday is always between three and five on the show this week. Mark Lawrence and Graeme Gartland, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward as we bring you all the latest scores in the Premier League and the Championship and discuss the big stories of the week. A lot of them will also keep you right up to speed on the Women's Six Nations game between Ireland and England from Musgrave Park. 53106, number for your text, folks. You want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport? Any questions as well for our guests during the show? You can also tweet us at Off the Ball. Love to hear from you throughout the day. Aidan Delaney, Wexford's finest, is in studio with me. How are you, Aidan? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. Wexford and the Hurling this year. Is this going to be the year? Uh, I don't believe so, no. I wouldn't be too overly confident. When you think of when we came into the to the championship last year, we had a really good league campaign behind us. We'd beaten Limerick in the league and there was really a, a kind of a, a fresh a freshness brought in by Dara Egan on his side. Uh, this year, the league didn't go well at all. There was just one win and uh, a lot of players missing through injury and, and a couple out travelling and stuff like that. So a lot of those players have come back in. The likes of Kevin Foley's on the bench. Um, so it's... It's going to be a tough year, I think, for, for Wexford. Obviously, facing Galway first up isn't exactly ideal either. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that there's there's probably... A lot of people out there might be a bit more optimistic than me, but I think if we manage to get out of Leinster, I'd be happy with that. Well, that's the key thing, isn't it? Get one of those three positions sure. in that round robin, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's probably advantage Dublin when you see the way the fixtures have fallen, that Dublin don't actually take on Kilkenny and Galway until the, the final two games. So uh, they could already be qualified by the time they take on the, the more heavyweights in that division. So uh, I think it's probably, you know, Wexford, I think... What I'm kind of hoping is that, and obviously it was a dreadful um, situation that Lee Chin was racially abused by that person during a charity match in, in recent weeks. But uh, you know, you have to kind of take positives where you can, and I suppose this might be one of those kind of rallying points for the team that they might kind of come around together. And you know, it, it was actually quite heartening to see the players, you know, standing up for one of their own when the actual situation happened. And you know, sometimes teams do rally around in those kind of situations, so that might lead them into a bit more of a a good game today. Where are we starting the uh, news round? We will start with the soccer action from yesterday. Of course, Arsenal involved and they uh, didn't have a, a good day once again. That's a third time in three matches that they've dropped points in the Premier League title challenge. It suffered another blow against bottom side at Southampton. Mikel Arteta's side needed two late goals to rescue a three-all draw. That stretches their lead at the top to five points. But second place Manchester City now have two games in hand. Southampton stay bottom with that result. They're three points from safety with six games remaining and Arteta says that despite the result he loves his players more than ever following that performance last night nah, it's just they wanted so much you know it's what, what me personally what I've experienced there uh, not only with the players with the staff and, and with our supporters it was incredible because I know how difficult it is and after one night you make a big mistake you consider you know and then you make another mistake and two nil. you are trying to just 
play and play and play against a team that is, is doing what they have to do as well because where they are. Uh, and after the first time they go through the halfway line, they score the third one. And then it's a big question mark. What do you do as a team? What do you do as an individual? The response of the players, I cannot love them more, honestly. It's just a joy to coach them. Uh, it's just a joy to be part of this club and experience what I have experienced together with the team. Uh, and at the end, yeah, the magic moment was there to be taken. We had two big chances at 3-3 to score, uh, but today it didn't happen, unfortunately, and that's why we are like that. You know, it will be very different with the same with the same game. What else can McLart have to do? Cameron Hill isn't with us in studio as well. Uh, all he can do is back his players now because I don't think it's a time for chastising them. We'll have to go to Manchester City during the week. Yeah, and it sort of feels that obviously that's a huge game, but it sort of feels inevitable that City will take that. He can only start his best team as he's done over the last while. Watching back the highlights today and watching the last couple of performances, they look exhausted. And that was manifest yesterday in some of the decisions that Ramsdale made. He did the De Gea uh, kick to a player who's clearly marked by a couple of players that he. De Gea did against Sevilla he did that for the first goal for Carlos Alcaraz yesterday but that shows that you know exhaustion takes the form of sharpness their decisions weren't great yesterday the third goal Coletta Carr's goal from the um, cross the header it was a corner it was a corner um, that, he's completely unmarked at the back there and that's just players not being quick enough to the draw Gabriel got totally beaten for pace um, for the Walcott uh, goal and yeah it just feels like they're kind of crawling a bit towards the end of the season I think the title race is probably slipping from their grasp the, you know they're looking are they to ahead to Arsenal are they ahead of where they should be or is it the case you look at it you can look at it two ways that they're, they've had a brilliant season they're way ahead of where they should be nobody expected them to be here right now or they never never get another chance at this no, like you, Newcastle in 96 or Liverpool in 14 well, you mightn't get another chance because City are just going to keep going you've no idea how players' form will maintain itself for next season. But they are way ahead. They can't look at this season as anything other than a success in terms of their progress. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, (laughs) I picked Arsenal to win the Premier League in 2020. We were doing our predictions and um, I was very badly wrong, unfortunately. But it feels like... I, I could see what Arteta was doing and thought, okay, mate, there's there's the makings of a really good team here if he gets it right. Um, and that's coming to fruition now. They'll be in the Champions League next year. That'll be a great way to keep their players focused, but also bring in a bit of depth, bring in a few players and get that squad rotation going. Yeah, I think it's a success for them. What do you think? I think there's two ways looking at it. I do think it's a big success for them. Can you think about the Arsenal team, how many world superstars they have on their team? Maybe is Saka going to be a superstar, a world superstar? Possibly in the future. Hmm. Um, but how many real superstars they have in their team are for them to be ahead of Manchester City? I imagine if they go and win during the weekend, that's not beyond the realm's possibility. Unlikely without Saliba in the team at the moment. Uh, I just feel that they're, they're definitely punched above their weight this season. And they've got a great manager who um, obviously learned from Pep, uh, has got a very good structure there, has a good mixture of encouragement and discipline. Um, they'll probably bring Rice into the team in the summer Trossard has been a good signings and Chenko and Jesus have been very good signings uh, so the, the transfer policy has been good um, you, you say about the exhaustion I think you're right I watched the whole game last night and they were out on their feet at the end um, but they shouldn't have got themselves in that position in the first place I actually think Jorginho should have played last night because Jorginho is a European Championship winner look maybe he isn't showing it in training but he, I think he would have brought a bit more calm and stability to that midfield which has been lacking in the last few games Yeah I think that is an awful lot of it that they 
are just panicking a little bit and it's it's kind of crazy. I'd love to see the stats on it, but there does seem to be this kind of phenomenon where, you know, when one player makes a mistake like that, like the, the Gaia did during the week, that Aaron Ramsdale did the exact same thing and it would have been something that he surely would have seen and thought... I definitely shouldn't play a pass to a player that's surrounded by three other players. It was it was quite incredible. It was a bit like the Scorpion kit from a couple of week, uh, a couple of years ago, where we kind of got two of those in like the space of a week, and we got two of the exact same mistake in the space of a couple of days here as well, which is kind of crazy. But I do think that that comes down to tiredness, and it comes down to the lack of squad depth that Arsenal have. I mean, William Saliba is a very good player and has really helped their charge this year, but he shouldn't be a player that, when you know he's not there, that everything crumbles apart. And uh, you know, Thomas Partey looks like he's not really been the player that we saw at the start of the year. I've really been impressed by Martin Odegaard. I think he showed a bit more of those leadership qualities that I think Arsenal have been crying out for for the last couple of years. He's the man that's you know gets them back you know within a goal. He's kind of directing things, and I do think that you're right. If Jorginho's there behind him, he can have that bit more of freedom to go forward and, and kind of help out the attack a little. It's just bit a more. leadership thing there. If you're conceding, as Cameron said, from corner kicks in mm. the second half to the bottom team in the league, and Arsenal scored twice near the end, they could have scored another two times. Alec Parsi Scott went over, I think, when he when he had a shot or he had a chance to, to maybe make something different of it. Um, yeah, it's just, there's just a lack, a little bit of a lack of savvy, a little bit of a lack of game management strategy in these situations. They haven't uh, kept a clean sheet in their last five Premier League games. Mm-hmm. They've conceded seven ga- goals in their last three. And that, to me, like when you're ahead of West Ham, when you're ahead of Liverpool, you need to be able to uh, spoil it a bit, calm it down, um, annoy, frustrate the other team, get the other crowd to flip a little bit and Arsenal haven't been doing that. Yeah, and you have to expect, I feel like that was Southampton's shot. Team yeah, Southampton are going down I think yeah. actually after that. that was Bazunia's having a great experience. Whatever, wherever he's going to end up or whatever his career progression will be the next three to five years, he's had a great experience in the last six to nine months. Like so much more so than Keller has. Keller has to be playing football now next season. Yeah, he needs to, yeah, you'd need to get a move somewhere. Somewhere maybe... Maybe Burnley might go in for them. They might be opening the checkbook for uh, for a couple of new signings. Someone who's like who has pedigree in the crunch moments, especially at penalty time. So big Irish influence there. Big Irish so. influence there as well. So you'd you'd like to see. He's got to move somewhere. He's yeah. got to get first team football somewhere. Uh, he needs Canada. to get a better defense in front of him because when you look at the the sheer stats, I mean, he's let in quite a number of goals this year. This is Bazunu, you're talking. This is Bazunu, yeah. And uh, I mean, the defense in front of him just hasn't been Premier League quality. So I don't. I hope that doesn't count against him because I think it did count against Mark Travers when he was starting a bit for Bournemouth in the, the at the start of the year, and you know we haven't really seen him. Well, since, Neto's so. in there now. He's the captain, and he's yeah. very hard to dislodge now, especially with Bournemouth. Probably going to be safe. Leeds are playing at the moment, nil nil away to Fulham. Uh, I suppose that's the one positive is that Leeds haven't conceded five or six in the first half as they have mm. been. You're a Leeds fan, Cameron. Uh, what do you make of it so far? Uh, it's been pretty much all Fulham so far. Leeds have shown kind of flashes of maybe getting something. Um, There's a good chance there uh, a couple of minutes ago. Good run from I think it was Aronson who played the ball in, but I'm not. I don't know. As long as we don't concede five or six today, I think that'll be like the first. Are you thing. staying up or you're not staying up? It's difficult to know. The next three games are the big ones, so you've got Fulham today. You need a result from that Leicester and then Bournemouth because those final four games. I think we City, West Ham, Newcastle, and uh, Spurs. I don't think we're going to get much from those games. West Ham look much better again. Um, you need to get at least six points from the next three games. That's just the way it is. But I, I like the conversation has been around what happened to them on Monday and what happened to them against Palace I think the 
the lack of, or the absence of t- Tyler Adams. That's mm. That's been a huge thing. I don't think it's been remarked upon as much as it should be. He was a real settling force in those games where they were playing well but maybe losing by a goal or two. He would calm them down. They just completely collapsed in those last two games. And they've brought in Vober and... Liam Cooper today to maybe rescue <laughs> rescue our defence because Pascal Strauch, that his issues confidence-wise have come back again. They've been plaguing him all season. Yeah, you need to find some way to shore it up and give them confidence because Grassi was coming out and saying, I don't know what happened to the team. And that's fair enough in the immediate aftermath, but you kind of have to go and figure out what happened and maybe stop it because this next run of games for Leeds is absolutely crucial to their survival and just if you if Leeds stay up next year do you think Elan Melier is going to stay in goal because I just don't think he's a Premier League goalkeeper I just can't I've never been convinced by him there was you know when he first came into the league you know obviously he was such a young goalkeeper and he you know had some decent performances but even for the first Salah goal on Monday just his positioning was totally off he was you know inviting Salah to take the shot with you know a left footed striker to take a shot to the left hand side and it was just I just looked at him and thought, you're not up to this level, mate. He's really fallen off. Now, again, our back four haven't done him much favours this year, but I think you probably need an other goalkeeper. I would have liked to have seen Joe Robles start today, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I think he's been good when he's been on. Um, Give Melier a break because, you know, shipping 11 goals in the last two games can't do a whole lot for your confidence. The key thing with Leeds is they have not got established in the Premier League since uh, they were promoted again after a 16-year wait. They need to get established. If you get established, then you can build on that and, and, and maintain yourselves in that league. But if you're a bit like, if you're if there's always constant worry that you're going to be a yo-yo club, um, it's, it's not a good thing. And like, it's so hard to get out of the Championship, as we know. Where are we going next, football-wise? Yeah, of course, the three o'clock games, we have in-form Aston Villa going to Brentford, third from bottom, Nottingham Forest, our way to Liverpool. We have Leicester hosting Wolves and Everton going to Crystal Palace, so a couple of six-pointers there. Here at home, there's one game down for decision in the League of Ireland Premier Division this evening. Sligo Rovers can move up to fifth in the table with a win at home to UCD. Kickoff at the showgrounds is at 7.45. And then 15 minutes earlier, Longford battle with Bray Wanderers in the first division at Bishop's Gate. There's a full round of fixtures in the Women's National League today as well. First up, Sligo Rovers, a bottom side in the table. They go to fellow Connacht side at Galway United at 2 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, lead leaders, Piment United play host to Wexford Utes, while Treaty United come up against DLR Waves. Half an hour later, it's a Dublin Derby at Tallis Stadium. That's Shamrock Rovers clashing with Bohemians. And the final game of the day sees Cork City travel to Athlone Town at 7 o'clock. Chelsea will hope to take a big step towards the Women's Champions League final when they host Barcelona at Stamford Bridge this lunchtime. And they're, yeah, they're a goal down, uh, Caroline Hansen after four minutes. Brilliant goal as well. Really, really excellent shot from outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, it's the semi-final of the Champions League. Yeah, so big big game today. Mm. And uh, yeah, like I was talking to our own Emma Carroll, who's here today, asking, this should be Chelsea, right? But, you know, from my, albeit very scant knowledge of the WSL, Chelsea seem to be the dominant force. But then Barcelona, even without their star player in Alexia Puteas, are brilliant. That they have, yeah, that they've, they've looked great. If, you, if you're looking for something to watch that isn't the Leeds game, which is uh, just gone half time now, nil all, uh, that's a good alternative, to be honest. There's a story about Bobby Moore here. Um. Yeah, interestingly, um, the FA has appealed for the person who has Bobby Moore's World Cup winning shirt to come forward and hand it over for a national display. His wife Tina has told the Daily Mail that the jersey the England great wore in the 1966 final has gone missing. She's asked for the new owner to come forward and explain how they came about it. So, uh, Odd story, isn't it? <laughs> just a bit more. 
Yeah, the TikTok Women's Six Nations continuing this afternoon. Look, hopefully for the Irish team, they can they can put up a, pr- a pr- proud performance. Look, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been a very f- tough few weeks for Ireland on and off the pitch, you have to say, with heavy defeats and then controversy in the media as well. They're taking on Grand Slam, chasing England from a quarter past two. But backs coach Neve Briggs says they're trying to block out the outside noise and pull together as a squad to prove that they are better than their recent results have shown. You're always worried about them and um, and as I said, they're a really, really good group and they're very honest in terms of their appraisal of where they are at the moment. <clears throat> so, of course, you're going to worry about them, but I think we've got to continue as a, a coaching group to feed them information that shows them how much they're improving week in, week out. We've got to continue to have expectations of what the standards are in and around the group and keep driving it forward. Look, this day and age, you can turn around and tell them look, not to look on social media and not to read the papers, but that's never going to happen. Um, and when you're 18 and 19 years of age, it's going to be really tough. I think for us as a group, we've, from a playing group 10 or 15 years ago, you know, we wanted the media, we wanted people to sit up and take notice of us as a group of athletes, as a group of rugby players. And now they have it in tenfold. Um, but when the performances don't match that, it can be really difficult. It's great learning for them. Um, and what it does is it makes us more resilient and more together and this group are very together Yeah well said Neve. I think there's kind of no hiding place which when everything is going well is, is great but when things are not going so well it's, it's not that easy um, we have Scotland against Italy as well in Edinburgh today. What other rugby actions do we have, Hayden? Yeah, Connacht and Munster are both looking to secure Champions Cup rugby for next season. Connacht will know exactly what they need and win is a must for them by the time they kick off away to Glasgow. That's a 7.35 start. Uh, Munster also need a win over the Celsius Sharks in Durban. A losing bonus point might be enough for them. That one gets underway at a quarter past five. We also have Leinster in action against the Bulls. That's a three o'clock start there. A great night to tell you about. We will be hosting a live UEFA Champions League Roadshow in partnership with Just Eat. It's coming your way on Wednesday the 3rd of May in the Mansion House in Dublin. We'll be joined by some great guests including UEFA Champions League winners John O'Shea and Wes Brown and Arsenal legend Paul Merson. There should also be some top stories in the night as our guests reminisce about their careers and look ahead to the latter stages of the competition. This is an exclusive off-air event. Tickets are limited. Don't delay folks. Go to www.offtheball.com forward slash events. See you on the night. All with thanks to Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Gaelic Games. Yeah, New York hoping lightning can strike twice this afternoon after beating Leitrim a fortnight ago. They've travelled to Markovic Park to take on Sligo in the Connacht Football semi-finals. The winner will be guaranteed a spot in the All-Ireland group stage as well. So quite the carrot for those guys. Twelve of last year's All-Ireland final winning side have been named to start for Kerry in their Munster semi-final with Tipperary this afternoon. Limerick will play Clare in the other final four clash there. And Kingspan Breffney Park hosts the Ulster football quarterfinal clash of Cavan and Armagh from half past six. In the hurling, Kilkenny begin the defence of their Leinster hurling title this evening. They have a first group game with Westmeath from 6 o'clock. Before that, though, Galway take on Wexford at Pierce Stadium from half four. Ten minutes time, we'll have our hurling panel. James O'Connor, Brian Hogan and Michael Verney looking ahead to Championship 2023. Cameron, who's going to win is Limerick? Oh, Limerick. <laughs> Who are the dark horses? I think Galway. I like the way Galway looked in the league. Um, obviously, Kilkenny are obviously in there as well. Uh, from the final last year and look good under Derek Ling although I, I just don't think they're probably going to catch Limerick this year it really is Limerick's to lose but I'm going to say Galway for the for the conic man in me Any worries for Limerick? 
Um, overconfidence, maybe some players getting injured, um, but certainly not on the field to play. I mean, <laughs> you look at the team, and I can't remember which of the, the websites had it up, but it's the team that absolutely destroyed Cork in that All-Ireland final two years ago now as well. And it's just, you know, they just seem to be stepping up to a different level every week. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of limerick against themselves. The snooker, what's going on at the Crucible? Uh, we had a good win for Irishman, uh, Northern Irishman Mark Allen, who booked his spot in the World Snooker Championship quarterfinals this morning. The world number three beat the 2015 champion Stuart Bingham by 13 frames to four at the Crucible in Sheffield. His best finish at the tournament was a semi-final appearance in 2009. He's getting hoping to get back there. Uh, following the victory, he was also asked about some criticism he received for commentating on games while still being in the tournament. Uh, there's no doubt that'll help because you want to conserve as much energy as possible here. It's a long slog for 17 days and you need to be as ready as possible physically and mentally. So you had to go. it would have been nice to finish it yesterday, you know, get out with a session to spare, but can't complain with 13-4. You've been doing a bit of commentary this week. I think there's always, when players do commentary, there's kind of criticisms from the side. Sean Murphy was very dismissive of that after his defeat. What, what, what do you think of that when people talk about this? Yeah, like I would never commentate or be in studio on days that I play I think that does detract from your preparation for a match but that's not what I've done I've spoke to the people whenever they ask me about doing it and I said look I'll help you out and I'll do it because I enjoy doing it as well but I would never do it on days that I play so I don't feel like it sort of hurts my preparations no I feel like I would be twiddling my thumbs a lot if I wasn't doing it so it passes some time and like I say I actually enjoy the analysis side and stuff and seeing what other players are going through out there and look back on you, you've only been to that single table set up once back in 2009. I'm sure you probably think you're a very different player now to back then. How desperate would you be to get back there and you're only one match away now? Yeah, it's hard for me to actually get my head around how long that's been. But it is what it is. No, I, I've come here with my best chance in a long time, not just to get to the one table set up, but to win this tournament, which is what I'm here for. Uh, I don't feel like I'll have gained anything if I get to the one table and then lose. Uh, but it's just a sign of how poorly I've done here. And that's just it. Uh, I have to play better and I have to be better. And I feel like I am right now. Yeah, uh, so the game on the table at the minute, we have Anthony McGill uh, taking on Jack Lizowski. And it's the Scott who leads by four frames to one. This afternoon, we'll see Ronnie O'Sullivan resume 6-2 up on Hossein Vafé. So he was speaking to what world snooker there, was he Mark Allen? He was, yes. Um, yeah, so very interesting. It's like Rory McIlroy on steroids. McIlroy's criticised for like putting his earbuds in and, and talking about his shot and like Mark Allen's going and commentating in games. Yeah, are the media kind of overstepping their boundaries a little bit by getting these but guys it's all on? it's all about, look, they've got the personal choice to either do it or turn it down. Nobody's yeah. forced them to do it. And listen, obviously it didn't affect his confidence or anything well, either. 13-4 is good now in one of those. That's a good, that's a good win. We got racing today. Yeah, the Scottish Grand National is the big race of the day across the channel. That one will go to post at twenty-five to four. Here at home, there's seven race cards at both Navan and Limerick. The action starts in Limerick at ten past two, while the first goes off in Navan ten minutes later. Any surprises in the Gaelic football this weekend? Can we see? I'd love to see New York win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, obviously for the story itself, but it'd be great to be going to All Ireland Group Games in uh, Brooklyn. Having a couple of trips over there. We don't that, have the budget for you, Cameron. I'm sorry. The, um, no, that's not my pitch. I was going. I do it more formally than that, JD. But uh, I'd like to see New York do it. And I don't know. Kerry named a really strong side for that Tipperary game. I can't see any surprises in Munster. Uh, I'd like to see Clare get to the final. I think they were really good against Cork. Yeah, they should be ago. getting to the final. Yeah. I think Leinster is where you might see the shocks. Um, mm. Like Westmeath have nothing to lose against Louth because mm-hmm. they're in the Sam Maguire Cup series. I would 
I would probably tip Wicklow just very slightly to get past Kildare. Um, and my father's a big Wicklow football fan and he's been kind of dreading the game all week because he knows that Wicklow should be better than, than they have shown a little bit. Got the Division 4 final. Yeah, you know, got to the Division 4 final and you know really should put up to Kildare today. And I guess we'll have to see if it was a bit of a phony war in Kildare. They really didn't have the, the same kind of uh, impact that they've had in recent years. So you know I think Wicklow might just do it. If the game was in Ockram, I think I'd give Wicklow a bit more of a chance but uh, you never know. It's, it's championship season. I think Roscommon will beat Galway tomorrow. That's my big take for the weekend. Um, they weren't really given enough credit for their win over Mayo. Everyone was saying, well, they played you know, a kind of dour style of football. The weather wasn't great. I think if they can contain Shane Walsh, we've seen that he is the key. He was the key in the league final. Uh, Comer, will, Comer, I don't think, is fully fit. And I think Shane Curran was on AM this week saying that Galway are heavy, heavy favourites. So the the sort of um, mind games. mental gymnastics is going on already in the mind Ross games. Ross Common probably needed more yeah. in a way. Um, I think me they have a tough one tomorrow against Offaly. And it'll really show, can they can they get out of the rut they're in? Kildare, and as you said, they're eight, and I think mm. they're in the same rut. I think Westmead have nothing to lose. It'll be fascinating to see, and we'll have a look ahead. Obviously, we've got plenty of coverage. Shane Curran is actually the game tomorrow. And we've got Colin Boyle looking ahead about 2.35. Thank you so much at the moment, Aidan and Cameron, for the news round.